And I was wondering what to call this series, and I settled on the word legacy when I looked it up in the dictionary and, and discovered that the word legacy has two uh, very important meanings. And one of them you probably know, and we'll get to that one in a minute, but the one that caught my eye is, is that the original meaning of the word legacy was a body of persons sent on a mission. And when I saw that, I thought, that's the word for this series, because that's the word that, that describes Rockbrook. We are a body of people sent on a mission. Now, legacy also carries the meaning of something that is left to the next generation. So part of accomplishing the mission that we've been sent on is leaving something for the next generation. We pass it on to those who come behind us. That's really how Christianity works. Psalm 112 says this, says, a righteous man will be remembered forever. I just want to clarify this expression, righteous man. It doesn't, when it says that you're righteous, it doesn't mean that you've got it all together. It doesn't mean that you're perfect. When it talks about being righteous, to be righteous literally means that you are headed in the right direction because you have trusted and you are following a right God who's taken all the things you've done wrong and has turned them toward the right. That's what it means to be righteous. We have the righteousness of God in Christ. Every single one of you that is trusted in Christ is your Savior. Your righteousness is not based on what you do. Your righteousness is based on what Jesus Christ has done for you. And one of the fruits of that righteousness is that we will be remembered. We have the opportunity to leave a legacy to those who come behind us. Now, when we talk about legacy, we're not talking about fame or notoriety. In our culture, everybody's looking for their 15 minutes of fame. You know, we, people do goofy, they do extreme things just to get in the Guinness Book of World Records. I mean, look at me, I've got the longest toenails in the world. Or look at me, I'm trying to eat more anchovies than anybody else. Pastor Will's working on that one. <laughs> you know, we put video of, of ourselves doing crazy things on YouTube, hoping they'll go viral. We want to be trending on Twitter. That, that is not what I'm talking about when I talk about leaving a legacy. There is a difference between fame and and notoriety, and a legacy of being remembered as righteous. The, the goal of righteous living is to live in such a way that the generation that comes after you talks about the influence, the inspiration, the motivation, the instruction that you gave to those who, who came after you. True legacy is about living for the glory and praise of Jesus Christ. I'm breathing in your praise, and, and, or breathing in your grace, and breathing out your praise. It's not about me. It's not about my fame. It's about Christ and his glory. Now, the Bible tells us, it urges us. In Ephesians 4.1, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. You, every one of you who has trusted Christ, you have been called by God to leave a legacy. You have a call from God on your life, and God urges you to live your life worthy of that calling. Because when we follow our own plans, dreams, and desires, we don't live that way. When we follow the the trends and fads of the world, we don't live that way. And the devil is constantly speaking into your life. He is telling you, you are not worthy of your calling. You are not worthy. You just need to give up. Don't even try. You need to let somebody else do this because you're not worthy. That's a lie. It's a lie. It's not what God says. Not what the Bible says, not what Jesus Christ calls us to. Jesus Christ has called us to something far, far greater. Christ has called us to leave a legacy. 
Now, why does the concept of legacy, why is it so important to you and me? I mean, we can understand why it's important to those who come behind because they benefit from it. We understand why it's important to Christ. He gets the glory of it. Why is it important to me? Why is the concept of being part of a body sent on a mission, leaving something for the next generation, why is that concept crucial in my personal life? Because legacy, destiny, purpose is the key to fulfillment in your life. It's the key to your fulfillment. And as we begin this series, I just want you to see why this issue of legacy is so important in your personal life. Now, this is one area where secular psychologists and biblical theologians agree. We agree that as humans, we have what is called a hierarchy of needs. The needs that you have as a human being begin at a very basic level, and then they build, and they build in their complexity uh, like a pyramid until you finally reach the pinnacle the fulfillment of human existence. And this was laid out in the psychological field by a guy by the name of Abraham Maslow. And uh, he started in the 1940s and studied this all the way into the 70s until he died. But truthfully, it's been seen in the Bible since the beginning of creation. And so today, we're going to take just a moment and look at the psychological overview of this because I think it's very helpful for us. And then over the next three weeks, we're just going to dig deep into what the Bible says uh, about Uh, our needs and how we fulfill them and what it means. And so we're going to look today at what motivates me. And the number one basic need that we have is physical needs. And we'd all agree the most basic need we have is for air to breathe, water to drink, food to eat, and clothing to protect us from the elements. I mean, physical needs are the prime motivator. Second need we have, I'm motivated by safety needs. We recognize the need for protection from the elements. We need protection from those who would do us harm. We need security. We need order. We need limits and boundaries. We need laws. That's why we lock our doors. The need for safety is why we will stay in a job that we hate for years because we're afraid of what will happen to us if we quit it. We need safety. Now, in America, 85% of the people have their physical needs met. 75% of people have their safety needs met. Honestly, it's not like that in most of the world. We live in a very wonderful place where those basic needs are met. The third need that we have is love needs. The need to belong, the need to get into relationships. that's, That's why most popular songs, books, and movies are either about being in a relationship or about a relationship that just broke up. Because it's such a basic human need. It explains why we have a a need to join a team or a club or fraternity or sorority. Why we get into a small group. Because our third highest need is to belong. It's why things like Facebook and, and Twitter and places like Planet Fitness have just exploded. Because people need to belong. You know one of Planet Fitness's slogans is, you belong. You feel better if you just belong to a gym even if you don't go. Because you need to belong. Now, it's estimated that about 50% of people have their love needs, have their belonging needs met. And I bet if we were to poll this audience, that about 50% of us would say, yeah, you know, my needs are met, I'm happy in that area. And about 50% of us would say, you know, there's something missing for me in belonging. I have a need there. Fourth need we have are esteem needs. 
Every one of us has a need to accomplish something, to be recognized, to be complimented, to be noticed. And esteem has two components. One is what you think about yourself, that's your self-esteem. And the other component is what other people think about you. And that's why every single one of us were in front of a mirror this morning. Every one of us. Now, women, women look in a mirror, they look in a mirror to see what they need to do. They, women look in a mirror to see what they want to change. And so they'll look in a mirror and they primp and highlight and accent and makeup and they can do it for hours. Men look in a mirror and, and no matter what they really look like, I mean, they can be bald, old, overweight, even crusty. And men look in a mirror, they flex a little bit, looking good, and then they're done. Okay? I mean, that's just the difference between men and women. But we both look in the mirror. We both look in the mirror. Now, these four needs are called the deficiency needs because when we're deficient in those, it's a problem. The next four needs are growth needs. And too many people get stuck in these first four needs. And so they can't move on to the next four, which is where real life takes place. And the reason people get stuck in these first four is they never learn that we serve a God who meets all our needs in Christ Jesus. You know, they think they have to provide for these needs out of their own strength and provision. And God wants us to understand that He is the only source of these four basic needs. And if you think the source of of these needs is yourself, if you think the source of these needs is the world, if you think the source of of these needs is the government, you're never going to be satisfied because you're tapping into sources that were never meant to fulfill these needs. You're going to get stuck on the rat race treadmill trying to meet these needs in your own strength. And what's fascinating is, is Jesus addressed these first four needs when he taught us to pray the Lord's Prayer. I mean, look at this. This is great. It says, Jesus taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. We are to look to God as the source for our physical needs. Look, he says, deliver us from evil. We are to look to God to provide our safety needs. He says, pray our Father who art in heaven. We're to look to God to provide our love needs. We belong to God. We are loved by God. We're to pray, forgive us our sins and help us forgive other people. We're to look to God to provide our esteem needs. What we think of ourselves in our sin and our guilt, what other people think of us in our relationship to them. We look to God for that. And God meets those first four needs so we can move on to the next four. So the question is, what about you? Are you stuck in these first four needs? Are you trying to meet your own needs? Are you looking to the world to meet your needs? Are you looking to the state to meet your needs? Are you stuck in these four so you can't move on to the real life that God has called you to live? Because look at the next four. Look, look what we have been called to. Number five is cognitive needs. Those have to do with our understanding, our knowing. We have a hunger to understand, to make sense out of life. We don't want to live in confusion and in the dark. That's why we read books. That's why we watch the Discovery Channel and how it's made. That's why we watch Duck Dynasty, because we're trying to make sense out of life. Okay? We want to know and comprehend and understand. That's why when you give your son a toy the first thing he does is take it apart and see how it works. That's why when you give your daughter a doll, the first thing she does is take all the clothes off of it. 
Because they want to see how it's made. They want to see how it's worked. As parents, we look at it and think, hey, you're breaking the toy I just gave you. For the kid, that's the joy of it. Taking it apart, figuring it out, seeing how it works. You probably see that with your kids. Cognitive need. Number six is aesthetic needs. The need for beauty. I'll I'll never forget one time, Jeff, I was in the Philippines. I was in a a little hut out in a a remote village, and a little uh, dirt floor, grass roof, bamboo walls, no water, no electricity, no toilet, hardly any furniture in it. Walked in there, there's a little uh, old lady and a little widow that lived in there. Step into that thing, and there's a shelf on the wall, and lined up on that shelf are the little plastic figurines that come out of uh, Happy Meals. And I'm looking at that, and I'm thinking, there's, there's not a kid in sight. It, it, it's just this woman had a need for beauty, and those were the prettiest things she could scrounge up out of the dump. Because God has created us with aesthetic needs. That's why Instagram is so big. Oh, look at this pretty picture I took. That's why Pinterest is big. Look what I made out of radishes and onions and carrots. It's why we hang stuff on our walls. It's why we mow our lawns and plant flowers and landscape because we have a need to beautify things. Beautify things. And the real power of this need, they they come to life when you move beyond the flesh into the spiritual. When you realize that you were made with a God-given desire to understand, to comprehend, to discover life. When you recognize that God wants you to discover the beauty of life, you realize that art and creativity and decoration and home improvement and craftiness are a spiritual endeavor that's built into you because you were created by a creating God. You have a need for beauty. The devil wants you stuck in those first four needs. The devil wants you deficient. God wants you blessed. The devil wants you lacking. God wants you to live in abundance. The devil wants you confused and ignorant and in the dark. God wants you to know and comprehend and understand life. The devil wants you to see destruction, decay, and ugliness. God wants you to see and enjoy and create beauty. That's the difference. The seventh need that we have as human beings is self-actualization. And and this is just such a cool one because self-actualization means you come to understand why you were made. You understand why you as an individual, you as a person, what what you need to do in order to fulfill your purpose for life. It's the thing in in you that causes you to strive uh, to do your best. It's why you won't settle for second best. It's why we press on and persevere and seek and pursue life. And the sad part is, is Maslow estimates that only 2% of the people in the world live at this level. Only 2% of the people feel that they've reached their potential. Only 2% of people understand their purpose, their destiny, why they're on the planet, their legacy. Why is it so low? Why is it only 2% of people get this? Because people leave out God. God's the only one who's got the book on your life. He's the only one who can answer those questions for you. He's the only one who can truly meet your growth needs. That's why why our growth track is so important around here. That's why we put so much time and energy into what we're doing here. You know, we we do four key things around Rock Rock. We do weekend services, we do small groups, we do growth track, and we do dream team. Because we want to move you, we want to grow you to where God wants you to be. We want you to discover and fulfill your legacy. 
It's what we're about. And this afternoon, we're going to do Growth Track Class 101 Church. That's the basic. It's the starting point. We do it the first Sunday of every month. Second Sunday of every month, we do 201 Essentials because we want you to understand the essentials of the Christian life. Third Sunday of every month, we do 301 Discovery. We want you to discover your spiritual gifts, your personality, your passion. Connect the dots on who you are and how God made you. And 401 is Dream Team where you plug you into a ministry where you can fulfill the purpose that God has for your life. Because our goal is to help you get your needs met in Christ and then move to the pinnacle of this hierarchy. We want to move you out of the 98% of people who have no idea what the meaning of their life is and move you into the 2% who know who they are, why they were made, what they are to do. You don't have to sign up. All you got to do is show up. We, we, today, at one, if you come at 120, we'll get you plugged into the process. The class lasts about an hour and a half at the most, and, and, and we'll have you on your way. Now, in the 1940s, Maslow stopped with self-actualization. But in subsequent study and years later, uh, he and others have determined that, that it's, it's not stopping. Our fulfillment doesn't stop with self-actualization. In fact, it goes beyond ourselves because it's really not about you. It goes to the eighth need, and that is the need for transcendence. The greatest need we have is to live beyond ourself. The greatest need we have is to leave a legacy, to use your self-actualization to make a difference in the lives of other people. Jesus said 2,000 years ago, he said, if you want to be great in God's kingdom, learn to be the servant of all. Now, transcendent, Webster defines it this way, exceeding usual limits, surpassing, extending or living beyond the limits of ordinary experience, beyond comprehension. Jesus wants you, calls you to live a life that exceeds the usual limits. He calls you to a life that surpasses, a life beyond the ordinary experience, a life beyond comprehension. Sounds like Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, it's beyond comprehension. According to the power that works within us, it's not from us, there's a power that works within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. It's legacy. Legacy. Now, in this series, we're going to talk about living beyond myself. Don't settle for living at the level of deficiency. Oh, if I could just get these four needs met, man, I'd be happy, I'd be content, I'd be satisfied. God doesn't call you to live in deficiency. God calls you to live in abundance. God calls you to make a difference in, with your life, to fulfill a transcendent purpose to leave a legacy. Proverbs 9 says, leave your impoverished confusion and live. Walk up the street to a life with meaning. That's what we want to help you do over the next four weeks. And today I want to give you three starter points, three starter points to get you on your way. Number one, first, you've got to love God passionately. You want a life that makes a difference? You want to live a life that matters? You want to live a life that leaves a legacy? You can't do it focusing on yourself. Because the only one who holds the key to your life is God. That's the reason why most people don't know the meaning of their own life. 
Acts 17, Paul's talking to a group of people. He's up on this, uh, this temple uh, area, and they've got these idols set up. And, and Paul sees a group of people. They're worshiping an idol, and at the base of the idol, it says, to the unknown God. They're worshiping a God they don't know. They're worshiping a God they aren't sure of. In our day, agnosticism is on the rise. People aren't sure what they believe. They, they don't want to be atheists. You know, they know there's someone out there, but they just don't know who or what he is. They're agnostic. Look what Paul told these people. Look what he's telling people today. From one man, he, God, made every nation of men, that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the times set for them and the exact places where they should live. You see the intentionality here? Before God created the earth, before God created Adam and Eve, before there was anything, God looked, God looked at the timeline of human history and God said, hmm, Haley Griffin. Haley Griffin, she's going to live now. She's not going to live 500 years ago. She's going to live right now in Belton, Missouri. God was intentional about when and where he placed you. God did this so. He had a reason for putting you here and now. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. God knew you would wonder, why am I alive now? Why am I alive here? What is my purpose? You ever ask that question? Sure. God put that question inside of you. He did that so that you would seek him. You would reach out for him so you would find him though he is not far from each one of us. You are one prayer away from God being involved in your life. You are one prayer away from discovering why God made you and placed you here and now. Because God is not far from you, for in him we live and move and have our being. I mean, that is a God I can love passionately. Colossians says it this way. It says, for everything, in case you didn't get that, absolutely everything above and below visible and invisible everything got started in him and finds its purpose say it with me in him in him and the place where you discover and fulfill that purpose is in the church it's in the church because the church is the body of Christ. The church is the bride of Christ. The church is the family of God. It's the flock of God. It's the fellowship of God. And we're going to lay that out for you today in, in 101 Church this afternoon. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has a call on your life. You were called by God to make a difference. You were called by God to leave a legacy. And you grab a hold of that and it changes everything. I mean, you grab a hold of that, it brings meaning and purpose and power into your life. You grab a hold of that, your problems shrink. They shrink in size because you're living for something far, far greater than yourself. If you're focused on your needs and on your problems, they just kind of swell up till they're just gargantuan. You get your eyes off of them and you get your eyes on the purpose that God has called you to and your problems, I don't care how big they may seem, they become meaningless distractions because you're living for something greater than yourself. 
Once you love God passionately, then you can, number two, you serve others selflessly. Serve others selflessly. The Bible actually instructs me as your pastor to command you to do this. Look at 1 Timothy. It's what Paul told Timothy. Timothy was a pastor. Paul wrote to him. The Bible says to him, it says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. And so let me just do my job right now and just command you. I command you to do good works. I command you to be generous and willing to share. You may say, Kelly, why should I do that? Because in this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. In the third sermon of this series, I'm going to help you connect the dots here, how what you do today lays a firm foundation for your eternity. What you do on earth today matters in heaven forever. And the sad thing is, too many people don't connect those dots. Too many people are not living with eternity in view. And as your pastor, I don't want you to get to heaven and be surprised by this. I don't want you to get there and go, why didn't you ever tell me about this? I'm telling you about it. And you'll know. And it'll change the way you live your life forever. Psalm 112 says the difference makers, the legacy leavers, they share freely and give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence and honor. Now, I want you to understand, I'm not just talking about being nice to people. We have got to connect our good deeds with the good news in order for them to count for eternity. If you just meet somebody's physical needs and you don't share Christ with them, you've only done part of the job. Jesus said that a cup of cold water given in his name earns the reward. It's not just a cup of cold water. It's got to be living water with Jesus in it. That's what counts. And if you feed people but you don't share Christ with them, listen, people with full bellies that don't have Christ, go to hell just like hungry people. And our goal, a part of our mission, is not just to make people comfortable as they trot off to hell. Our goal is to give them the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ that meets their needs in the deepest possible way and helps them to live a life full of, of, of value and purpose that lasts forever. Jesus said, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life. And too many people, too many Christians are doing good things that aren't going to count because they're leaving out the gospel of Jesus Christ. Third thing you want to do is you want to live life intentionally. Intentionally. That's the goal for this series. That's been my goal from the day we started this church is to help people to live intentionally, to live on purpose. Because I I want this to be said of me. I want it to be said of you. Uh, Acts 13, 36. For when David... And and just stick your name in there. Just stick your name in there. Patrick and Jill and, and, um, you know, um, there's Luke and just anybody. Stick your name in there. Stick my name in there. For when Kelly had served God's purpose in his own generation, he died. Now, I tell you, the died part, for all of us, that's a given. Okay? That's just a given. But the served God's purpose 
in my generation, that's my choice. That's your choice. That's the call God has placed on your life. And I want to serve God's purpose in my generation and then go to heaven. I want to leave a legacy and receive a reward. But none of these things can happen if your basic needs are not being met and your basic needs cannot be met apart from God. They cannot be met apart from God. And only you know if you're connected with Him in a vibrant, real passionate relationship. Only you know if you know him and he knows you. But God has issued a call on your life. God has called you to righteousness. God wants you to be remembered, to leave a legacy. And the good news is you don't have to do it in your own strength. In fact, you can't do it in your own strength. This isn't about your righteousness. It's about the righteousness of Christ. This isn't about you meeting your needs. It's about God meeting your needs. This is about you surrendering your will to the will of God. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is about you moving out of a confusion, a state of confusion and chaos and moving into the clarity of the call of God on your life. Let's pray together. you're here today and and, and you've never made that connection with God, this is your moment. This is your time. I would just invite you just to pray in your quietness of your heart. Just say, God, please come into my life. Meet my needs. Forgive me of my sins. Bind up my wounds. Unleash the power and the presence of Jesus Christ in my life. I believe he's the source. I believe he's my savior. God, I, I look to you I recognize the call that you've placed on my life. I want to live my life in such a way that I make a difference. I leave a legacy. God, I lean steadfastly on you. Clear up the confusion. Give me a sense of direction and meaning and purpose. Help me unpack the the gifts that you've given me. Help me to to take them apart and see how they work. God, help me to to love you passionately. Help me to to take the eyes off of myself, off of my problems, and begin to serve other people. Help me to live intentionally for you. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.